0: Ladies and gentlemen, what is up? Coming to you from the Cosa Nostra Studios, I'm Matty Buller, and thank you for tuning in to Almost Wise Guys. This is our look at the upcoming week six games across the NFL. In this episode, we'll cover the regular weekly picks, Andy's total prop tees, and also get to your news of the week. But first, with me as always from Almost Wise Guys Central,
1: it's Andy, the prognosticator atridge. How are you doing, buddy? I'm good, thank you. I'm even happier that week five is in a rear view mirror. We didn't well, do so well.
0: We did not our wise guys card is gonna get revoked, or our almost our probationary wise guy card, I guess. Yeah. We're
1: almost wise guys. Well, I think there was not a lot quite of wise there. guys that got their asses handed to them last week. So I'm not gonna feel bad too bad
0: about it. But. Yeah, there was some strange outcomes in last week's games. Just uh, bizarre. Yeah, away. it
1: was it was like like I went six, eight, and one. And you went five, nine, and one. But we weren't even we weren't on the, even on the same side of many picks. It wasn't like they were collectively; they were just all over the place.
0: Yeah, my, I think the biggest surprise of the week for me was Dallas laying that egg at home against Green Bay. You know i i didn't I didn't count Green Bay out of that game ever. But I thought you know Dallas at home, Jason Garrett coaches better at home, and you know primetime Zeke and. Cooper and Dak always like to bring well, their for game. Sure. I thought for sure that was going to be much better than uh because they basically I know it was the 430 game, but there was only one other
1: 430 game on, and that game involved the well, it was uh, essentially Los Diego time Chargers. Time game, right? Yeah, right? it was essentially a primetime game, and both of them were blowouts. Yeah. Um it, I don't know, man. Like uh, Aaron Rodgers, I think he'd only won one of his last eight road games. Yeah. And that surprised me. That yeah, they they
0: needed me. that in Green Bay, because the NFC North right now is a big toss-up. Everybody's beating everybody. Oh, yeah. it does, nothing's yeah. making sense this year.
1: So we were pretty bad, but you know what? It was also a really bad week for gingers in the league.
0: Ginger kids are born with a disease which causes very light skin, red hair, and freckles. This
2: disease is called gingivitis.
1: So you got Andy Dalton, the red rider, who lost at home to the winless Arizona Cardinals. And the aforementioned Jason Garrett, who was embarrassed against uh, the Packers and Aaron Rodgers, um, that game was that game was out of hand really quickly. I mean they they made a uh, they made a game of it at the end. Uh, Dak threw for over four hundred yards. Yep,
0: but um, a lot of that was by the well, by the time, time he started throwing it, yeah. they they were ready out of it. I know they came with, it was that false comeback where you thought mm, it could happen, but
1: never materialized. And, and, and uh, Garrett, I mean, did you see when he threw that red challenge flag? Yeah. <laughs> he looked like he was trying to hit China through the turf. Yeah. And then the ref gave him a uh, 15-yard unsportsmanlike penalty. And after the game, the ref said it was for abusive language. Well, what did Jerry Jones think of that?
0: I want me some glory, ho. Jerry Jones has probably got bigger problems now, although he's uh, get, going to get himself a deal on Dak Prescott pretty soon uh, if Dak keeps it The the, you know the way he's going right now the last three games he he was pushing the needle to
1: forty million a year yeah but not not anymore and then lastly of course Ginger Baker, quintessential rock and roll Hall of Famer died uh, at the age of eighty so that was that was unfortunate we're not uh, we're not throwing that in for a joke but that was unfortunate
0: yeah that's Um, not a joke that's actually that guy was revolutionary he was a very different kind of drummer man he was you know a lot of drummers will just play a straight beat and then come out of their shell uh, when the song calls for it. Ginger, the song called for it a lot because, you know, in a three-piece band, the rhythm section, just like Neil Peart in Rush, uh, with a three-piece band, the percussionist has to do so much more. Yeah, and absolutely. And Ginger was not just okay. a man who would just hi-hat and stare you to death. That guy was going all over the kit to make it work. So sounded like he had three arms. Kind of like, unlike Def Leppard's one arm, he had three.
1: <laughs> well, it was a bad week for us and the Redheads, but every yin needs a yang, every sunrise a sunset, every Joe Theismann needs a Lawrence Taylor. It's called balance, Maddie. makes the universe work. Guess what? It was a great week for the Gruden family. Both now, Grudens? Well, John, of course, he won his, well, let's call it his personal Super Bowl by beating your chicago bears and cleo mac more importantly um, that was done in england
0: hey listen i don't have a disco in here i don't have a disco well let's all start dancing so,
1: hats off to them. But i think his brother jay had an even better week
0: yeah you know what even though he got his arse uh handed to him at 5 a.m at fedex field and i guarantee you that was so dan snyder could uh Get himself right on the six a.m. news cycle for all the major sports talk stations. Uh, I think it was probably pretty good for for Jay in the end, right?
1: Well, yeah. Most people think of it as bad news when you get fired, but when you get fired by the uh, professional football team from Washington and Dan Snyder, that's not a bad thing. He can he can go on to greener pastures. Now, at five in the morning, you think Dan Snyder offered him a an eye opener there from the bar?
0: <laughs> I'm sure Dan Snyder takes one every day. An 18
1: year old <laughs> Scotch.
0: Yeah. Um
1: well he so manages the
0: year, team like he's drunk all day, I'll tell you that.
1: Well, so last year we had a segment on our show that came up periodically that was called the Piece of Shit Club. And he was the chairperson or the president. And guess what? He's still this year's president. I'm not only the head club president, but I'm also a client. Now, what does it take to be a president of the POS club? Well, let me go through a few points for you, Maddie.
0: Yeah, this is Back, a rap sheet that's as long as my arm.
1: Well, consider it a resume. Okay? Yeah. Consider it a resume if you want to be his, the president. His curriculum of the vitae. <laughs> Back in 2000, he charged fans $10 admission to have the privilege of watching Washington's training camp. And at the same venue, he charged them 10 bucks for parking. <laughs> now, although Dan Snyder claims that there are 200,000 people on the season's ticket waiting list, he sued Pat Hill, a down-on-her-luck 73-year-old grandmother and five-decade Washington season's ticket holder who could no longer make payments under 10-year $50,000 seat contract. Another point, as a condition of employment to work for Mr. Snyder, he requires all employees to sign a document waiving their right to sue him. In 2009, Rather than fire head coach Jim Zorn and pay him the $2.4 million remaining on his contract, Snyder hired a quote-unquote consultant, Sherman Lewis, to take over on play-calling duties. Now, here's where it gets really good, Maddie. He once cut trees down along the Potomac River so that he could see it from his house. <laughs> the Trees were located in a national park, and a park ranger who raised concern about the issue was not only demoted, but also had his home raided by U.S. Marshals. Following the attacks of 9-11, Daniel Snyder added a $4 security charge to ticket prices. And here's the one that takes my cake and and the favorite. When Washington took their cheerleading squad to Costa Rica in 2013 for a calendar photo shoot, some of the cheerleaders said that they were required to be topless though the photographs used for the calendar would not show nudity. Others wore nothing but body paint. Now, given the resort's secluded setting, such revealing poses would not have been a concern for the women, except that Washington had invited spectators. A contingent of sponsors and FedEx Field sweetholders, holders, all men, were granted up-close access to the photo shoots. One evening, at the end of a 14-hour day that included posing and dance practices, the squad's director told nine of the 36 cheerleaders that their work was not done. They had a special assignment for the night. Some of the male sponsors had picked them to be personal escorts for the nightclub. So, Maddie, that's what it takes to be president of the POS club.
0: I'm an asshole,
1: and I'm
2: proud of it.
0: All right, let's roll the news of the week.
1: File this story under a they blow. Three blundering drug smugglers were found floating on 1.2 tons of cocaine after their boat sunk off the coast of Colombia on Sunday, with Navy officers throwing them in life preservers before slapping them with drug trafficking charges. The trio was spotted adrift in the Pacific Ocean some 30 miles off the coast of Tumaco, Tumaco, desperately clinging to the packages of cocaine as flotation devices, according to the Colombian Navy.
0: On a positive note, this could be the first recorded case of cocaine actually saving lives. Also, this just in, in related news, when asked about the seizure, a spokesman for the Colombian Coast Guard said, uh, what
1: cocaine? Cocaine is a hell of a drug. After the tie Pods craze, we now have Scotch Pods, or glassless cocktails, for drinkers who can't be bothered to pour. No ice, no stir. no glass. We're redefining how whiskey can be enjoyed, the Glenn Levitt tweeted. A first of its kind for a spirit brand, the edible capsules are 23 milliliters in size, fully biodegradable, and provide the perfect flavor explosion experience, read the Scottish brand's promotional materials, enjoying them is simple. The capsules are popped in the mouth for an instant burst of flavor, and then the capsule is simply swallowed. Now, judging from some Twitter posts, some whiskey lovers are not so thrilled. Um whiskey cocktails are for sipping and savoring not exploding in your mouth and all in one go i prematurely shot my wad
0: gronk can do it all candy he? he's got right now he's back in the announcing game and now it looks like he's doing consulting work in the area of product development for a national
1: whiskey brand no 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 what the heck is going on people use tie pods for washing not eating
0: A former Drexel University professor used almost $190,000 in federal grants at gentlemen's clubs and towards other improper purchases. The U.S. Attorney's Office stated, This is an example of flagrant and audacious fraud and a shameful misuse of public funds. The agencies providing these grant funds expect them to be used towards advancement in energy and naval technology for public benefit,
1: not for personal entertainment. We have some audio of the professor's reaction to the charges. Roger said he didn't want me in the script club. I was like, well, I don't think they're wrong with going to the script club. It ain't no sin to go to the script club. You know, I was just being rebellion. For our next story, we head to the Pee Wee Football League. The Mavericks get fired up by their 10-year-old captain with a pregame speech that makes Newt Rockney look like he turned his back on the camera. When I see,
2: when I saw him get angry, I want to see all of you do that. Because if you do that, you're terminated to the game. I'm not saying be what, like one person, be you, but also have passion, be determined, be this team, be a Maverick. And when we get on that field, let's show the Cisco Lobos how to be a Maverick. Let's show them. Let's show that we can beat them on the home field. On our home field, we can beat them anywhere. We can go to New England, for goodness sake, play in the snow, and still beat
0: them. Yes, sir. Oh, yeah. oh, what we done? Yeah. Damn. I would run through a brick wall for that kid. Now that he's got us jacked up, let's fire it up with our weekly picks. Here we go. First game up on the docket this Sunday, Tampa Bay, Carolina. Tampa Bay's the home team, but it is in London. And, uh, well, I know Tampa Bay's the home team, but travel's going to affect this game because it definitely affected the Bears last week. I think I think it was a big mistake with the Bears not going over till Friday.
1: I think the Bears still thought they were on their flight for the first quarter of the game.
0: Yeah, that their defense looked just flat. Yeah. I, I question a lot of Matt Nagy's decision-making of late. He's well, that didn't to make some, any sense at all. No, that he's supposed to be some wonderkind, but he also failed to uh, acclimatize, uh, take the team early enough to mile high uh, to play in Denver. And a lot of people think that's why the Bears' D was a little flat as well. But anyway, Tampa Bay, Carolina, this one is the, the game we're going to talk about. And Tampa Bay, uh, they're not leaving uh when? Saturday?
1: Oh, sorry. Carolina uh, leaves Wednesday, left Wednesday night. Okay, And Tampa Bay Bay leaves Thursday night. So there's a day difference, but that day makes a big deal. I mean, last week, um, your Bears didn't show up until I believe it was Friday. And as I say, they looked flat for the first, well, at least the first 15 minutes of the game. Um, Now, and and the other thing here, which not a lot of people know this, but so Tampa Bay's uh, listed as the home team here. Well, when you're a home team in London, you've got special obligations. Um, you go to attend certain charitable and other PR-related events, and so if they're th- if they're there for only let's call it two full days before the game, you can um, you can imagine that they really only have one day of practicing. Um, yeah. So acclimatizing or not, um, yeah, Tampa Bay, I think, came out on the short end of this deal, uh, and they'll be traveling around. Now, let me ask you: Do, do you think that England has Ubers for Jameis Winston? Or at least oh, Uber geez. drivers,
0: yeah, they better hope not. He's he doesn't have a good record. I, you know what? Because I think on Uber, if you have like less than a three star rating as a client, you, they won't
1: pick you up anymore, right?
0: I imagine Jameis Winston has outlasted his Uber account.
1: I probably would guess the same thing. Uh, so right now, so Tampa Bay are two point underdogs, which it's it's not that I disagree with the line. I'm. You know, Kyle Allen has played really well for Carolina in the absence of Cam Newton. Well,
0: how about this? 3-0 record, 29.3 points per game, 385 total yards on offense per game. Now, he does have run CMC there, (laughs) Christian McCaffrey, 159.6 fantasy points this season, which is the second most by any player through week five in the Super Bowl era. How about that?
1: Well, I'll tell you another about the Super Bowl era. Actually, this is not even the Super Bowl era. He's on a pace in terms of yards from scrimmage uh, to match what Jim Brown did in 1963. So that's before the merger.
0: Yeah, if, because, if your name is being mentioned in the same breath as Jim Brown, you are doing something right.
1: <laughs> you are doing something right. And I think the big question mark, him coming out of college, well, can he handle a big workload? Um, yes. Yes, he can you know what? So let's look, let's look at the factors that uh, allowed the Oakland Raiders to beat up on your Chicago bears. So yep. arrive early. Okay. Yep. Number one, run the ball. I think they had over 160 yards rushing. Yep. Be the visiting okay. team. Be the visiting team. And the pregame meal has to be spotted. Dick. Spotted dick, sir. What? Spotted dick. Can you believe this guy? I'm trying to get some to of He's Ask me if I got the clap. So, but seriously running the ball, Tampa Bay is their defense is second in the league in rushing yards allowed with under yeah. 70. I think it's 68.
0: Yeah. And the CMC's coming to town.
1: Well, are they going to throw on the ball or are they going to rush him with the, I don't know. Well, but that isn't
0: that part of the the heart. Like remember, he reminds me a lot of Marshall Falk. Remember how when he was with the greatest show on turf, mm-hmm. you never knew if he was getting it between the tackles, no, or, or getting it on a swing pass or coming through the middle or something to sit down on a hitch because on all those different formations they did everything out of it and that's yeah. a lot of what carolina is doing right now and it gives kyle allen a lot of choices and i mean when one of your choices is run cmc and he's able to because there's going to be a linebacker on him a lot of the time
1: right because he's coming out of the backfield you put well, him up against a linebacker that's not in that's coverage. not an ideal matchup
0: no no you put a linebacker on him he, he wins that that battle 90 percent of the time
1: now also, talking about the quarterback position, Mr. Winston is actually playing pretty well the last few weeks.
0: Yeah, you got, he's definitely turned his play around this season.
1: And rough I'm not rough sure.
0: start in San Francisco, but as we're seeing now, a lot of teams are having a problem in San Francisco. So maybe that wasn't entirely Jameis Winston's.
1: Problem. Well, that was actually a home game for him. But oh, yeah, that's right. He, he threw two pick sixes in that game and really hasn't turned the ball over much since then. I think only once. No, he's cleaned up his act. So which Winston are we going to get? I don't
0: know, man. Well, I'd... he he's going to be sleepy because he's still going to be jet lagged if they're not getting there till later tonight,
1: later Thursday night. I am going to suggest that the team that's been there the longest was, should win this game. So, by de facto, even though it's twenty four hours, I'm going to go with the Carolina Panthers.
0: Yeah, I'm with you as well. Kyle Allen is one of four undefeated quarterbacks this season, and by the way, out of those four he's got the highest passer rating. So, you know, when weapons like him run CMC, and they, they're playing some pretty good defense there in Carolina. Uh, don't forget, Riverboat Ron is a defense first kind of guy, and I remember he, uh, he was at the helm of some crazy Bears defenses.
1: Yes, he was. Yes, so, he
0: was. Uh, you know, I'm taking Carolina here uh, to cover that spread, that's a, and that's a nice spread for Carolina to cover as well.
1: And just before we leave England, there was a study that was released in England this week. That uh, they, they surveyed uh, the major professions. Uh, 2,000 men were in the survey, and they found that farmers have the most sex. <coughs> in fact, 33% of farmers say they have sex on a daily basis, <coughs> which is kind of odd. But anyway, I guess it brings new meaning to a plowman's lunch. Hi-yo!
2: The you better watch back. Well, better Up next,
0: go we go to Charm City, where the Baltimore Ravens host, uh, well, division rival Cincinnati Bengals. Baltimore is a 12-point favorites here. But that AFC North division,
1: that's always plays pretty tight, doesn't it? It does. I mean, look at the game last week, the black and blue ball against the uh, Baltimore and, and the Steelers, you know, came down to a field goal in overtime. Yeah. And try, when I call it the black and blue bowl, like those, those two teams go at each other pretty hard. You can imagine. Yeah. There's a movie, lot of hatred. There's a lot of hatred and there's a lot of bruises, um, the following week. And well, God, was Cincinnati ever embarrassed at home? Yeah. Well, I didn't, yeah. I didn't see that happening on a month of Sundays. I mean, the, the spread was pretty big at a six for Cincy, but for them to lose outright like that, I, I didn't see it coming, but um, since he's actually covered six of their last seven games on the road. Yep. Yeah. yeah, they,
0: They're they always in the game. They can n- never just pull it out. Right. It must be something with yeah. the state of Ohio. Right. Yeah. Um, I don't know, man. Bengals are two and three against the spread. Uh, Ravens one and four. Uh, t- uh, unfortunately though, Joe Mixon averages less than a hundred scrimmage yards in each of his four uh,
1: career games versus the Ravens. But so that, that is against a totally different Ravens defense. That was Terrell Suggs, T. Sizzle, yeah. uh, and Ray Lewis. Now, Baltimore this year ranks 20th in rushing yeah. yards allowed per attempt this season. Yeah. and that, at that, So 4.7 yards per attempt allowed for the whole season. That number goes to 5.6 in their last three games. So if you're going to beat them, you're going to do it on the ground with Joe Mixon. And at that point, if you're chewing the clock up and keeping Baltimore's offense off the field, that 12 points is a block to cover in a divisional game. I got to go with Cincy here.
0: Yeah, my biggest stat that I look at for this is that Lamar Jackson, every game this year, he's, his passing yards have declined. So he yes. started the year at 324. Then he went mm-hmm. 272, 267, 247. And last week, under 200 yards, 161 yards, right? I mean, that... That's, that's kind of telling baby. that people that's yeah regression. people are people the book is out on them they're watching uh they seem to be running into some secondaries that know what they're doing because i mean man their receivers can't catch a break either way uh i that 12 points i agree i think that's far too much to cover in in such a tight division i'm, I'm going with the Bengals as well our next game involves the state of Ohio. It's uh, the Cleveland Browns. They play host to the visiting Seattle Seahawks, Cleveland one point favorites, but man, they're coming off a complete Monday night embarrassment against San Francisco. Your Niners look great. By the way, might I say, I know we're talking Cleveland, Seattle right now, but before we even get to the Niners, I got to tell you, buddy, as a bears fan, there's nothing I like more than smash mouth football. And the way that uh, Matt Breida is running that first touchdown he scored that was a classic 21 trap with perfect execution of blocking from the fullback and the tight end to open that all all brita had to do was make one safety miss and if you give a guy like brita uh one safety to miss in open field you're minus six that was fan like watching the o-line block last week was for somebody that likes to watch the game within the game
1: that was such a treat yeah shaney had them all schemed up for sure but, yes, I know
0: we're talking Seattle-Cleveland. But, yeah, Cleveland, their defense got exposed. They cannot stop the run to save their life. Uh, and Baker Mayfield, a lot, he's getting a lot of flack. But I don't really think he gets a chance to throw the ball. If he holds it for longer than 2.5 seconds, guys are on him. Oh, their, what their did I say before the game?
1: I, I said he's going to be looking up at the stars of San Francisco because he's going to be on his ass so many times. And sure enough, he got sacked four. So it was indeed a starry, starry night for him. Um, What's interesting about this game and also the 49er game. So last Thursday, Seattle played the LA Rams and Cleveland played uh, San Francisco on Monday night. And both those two teams are playing each other this week. Mm, So you've got two teams with long extended rest and the two teams on the shortest rest. That's who they're going against. So how that extra rest factors into this, I'm not really sure. Um, but I think uh, like the look-ahead line on this had, had uh, Cleveland as two-point favorites before the game against San Francisco. And now it's moved three points. I think what you're seeing is an overreaction uh, to what happened in San Francisco. Cleveland, they were off that huge win against Baltimore. I mean, that, I, that was probably one of their biggest franchise games since they've been back to Cleveland. Yep. And, you know, Seattle going head to head against a division rival in a game that was, you know, thirty to twenty-nine, came coming down to a last second missed field goal. And then now they're traveling across country. I kind of like the spot for Cleveland here. I think I I'm almost certain that Seattle's a better team. But if Russell Wilson doesn't play like a superhero week in and week out, you would see a lot of coaching decisions that are questionable, and you would see a defense that's not that great and an o-line you know that it, their deficiencies are masked by what russell wilson does out of the pocket yeah. I, I like cleveland here i think their defense isn't that bad um you know i i, I look for them to have a, a good bounce back spot here even on a short rest week
0: all right i'd taking Seattle
1: seattle
0: oh yeah and here i got a litany of reasons uh They've averaged 151.1 rush yards per game since 2018. That's the second most in the NFL. The Browns have allowed 138.9 rushing yards per game since 2018. And that's fourth most uh, in the NFL. And we all saw how the Browns did against the rush last Monday night, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Seattle, 7-1 and one against the spread over their last eight road games. Uh, Russell Wilson's won five consecutive games against the AFC North. And listen to his... Like passer status uh, or his passer stats this year: seventy-three point one percent completion percentage, two hundred eighty-one point eight pass yards a game, twelve touchdowns, zero interceptions, one hundred twenty-six point three passer rating. Those are. Did you MV- see that the
1: passy through to Tyler Lockett in the corner of the end? Dude,
0: this guy is having an MVP season if he keeps this up. Oh I, yeah, I think Seattle goes into Cleveland and with that kind of a tight spread. Uh, like I said, Seattle 7-1 against the spread over their last eight. I would take Seattle to win this one
1: outright. Can, let me ask you this. Do you think the Browns could afford to hire a style consultant for Freddie Kitchens? Uh, they need to that hire looks a like, lot. That guy looks like the guy you sort of walk over on the way into a liquor store or something. He does, you know? but you know what?
0: They should actually get him a football tutor. So I don't think he knows much about that either.
1: That's right. Maybe Pete Carroll will help out you know, in the off week. Hey girl. hey girl. you good?
2: Come on, pick it up. We want a challenge. Look here, this is our house.
0: On to Jacksonville. This is going to be an interesting game because they're hosting New Orleans. Uh, Jacksonville, one point favorite at home. And I, I honestly think this is one of the toughest games to
1: call this week. How about you? I don't disagree it I you know it's a coin flip, and the, you know the line speaks to it,
0: yep, like I wouldn't uh, touch
1: this with your money, buddy well, it was unfortunate for Jacksonville because they were mounting a big comeback uh, last week, and you know, Gardner Minshew I think he got picked off in the last uh, last couple of minutes, but that has been playing really well he has really well no he' hasn't hey, do you any, know why he hasn't it?
0: been he hasn't been intercepted this year yet.
1: nope. And you know why they call him uh, Gardner the II, as opposed to Junior? Why? Well, apparently, this came from his father. If you're from the South and you're a Junior, Junior, they ended up just calling you Bubba. Uh, they didn't want that for it. So Interesting. Yeah, Gardner. Uh, uh, Teddy Bridgewater done nothing but win in the absence of Drew Brees.
0: Yeah, he's, he's been a lot more than just serviceable, man. They, they, uh, they did right picking him up.
1: So they did, and you saw what that defense could do against uh, Dallas's offense. Yep. Now you got Jacksonville back at home. It's going to be ninety degrees uh, game time. Yep. New Orleans will be wearing the dark jerseys. Yeah. I'm not sure who's going to be the first one to end up in that hot tub up in the top level. But I am liking Jacksonville at home here. Um, Jalen Ramsey is still on the injured list with his quote unquote back issue. Is um, in like. Please send me back to a place where I can win. Yeah, I got to go with the Jags. I'm taking the Jags here. Your Saints are playing the Bears next week on a. I think it's a short week too. Yep. So I don't know if it's a look-ahead spot for them, but um, certainly uh, two road games uh, in five days isn't the recipe for for success. So I'm going to take the Jags.
0: What blew me away about this game and why I find it so hard to call is these are like very evenly matched defenses. Yeah. Saints Saints are allowing 23.2 points per game. The Jags, 23.6. The Saints allow about 255 pass yards a game. Jags, 245. Uh, The Saints, two interceptions, Jag one. uh, And they both have 16 sacks. Like it's, uh, this is such a toss up. And because it's only one point, I'm gonna give the nod to the home team here. Uh, but if it was any more than like two and a half, I'd probably go the other way. So yeah, you I'm like taking the, the
1: Jags. You like the under as well, do you?
0: Yes, I do. Most definitely.
1: What is the four and a half, half half. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Definitely. maddie says take the under in Jacksonville.
0: to Arrowhead Stadium we go where, uh, well, the Chiefs are hoping to bounce back after a really tough loss uh, to the Colts last week. That was in prime time. Uh, must have been really hard to swallow, but it's hard to bounce back as well against a team like the Houston Texans who are visiting. Kansas City five-point favorites at home. Now, we know Arrowhead Stadium is one of the best home field advantages in the NFL, but man, Houston's playing some great offenses this year, right?
1: What did they put up, 55 points last week? Yeah,
0: just ridiculous. Deshaun Watson, I can't remember how many fantasy points it was. My buddy has him on his fantasy team and sent me the the pick. It was
1: ridiculous. Yeah, well, the the guy I went against last week had him on his team, so guess who lost? (laughs) Yeah, no joke. Well, I had Tom Tom Brady in Washington. Jeez.
0: Did you really? Oh, yeah, yeah, that should have turned out a lot better than it did.
1: Yeah, well, it didn't. Yeah. Well, in this case, the
0: quarterbacks, uh, Deshaun Watson and Pat Mahomes. So Deshaun Watson's quarterback rating 105.4, and Mahomes is 112.4. That's the highest combined career passing rating among opposing starting quarterbacks entering a matchup since 1970.
1: So you're saying take the over?
0: He, yeah. What is it? 50? 55? 55. Yeah. That's, yeah.
1: <laughs> it, that should be for the first half. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, seriously, I can see a lot of points being scored here.
0: Well, yeah, uh, neither has a defense that seems to be able to stop a lot of people. Well, I know.
1: It. Like he, like the Lions exposed Casey's defense two weeks ago. Yep. And then I guess, you know, Frank Reich got a hold of that, that, that game film and did the same thing, shut him down, kept him at, what, 13 points?
0: Yeah, Frank Reich is such a good coach, man. Yeah. Wow, we, I, he's doing such a job in Indy.
1: Most underrated coach, I think, in the league.
0: Yeah, I agree. Anybody that can lose a guy like Andrew Luck and still be you know, a competitive team in the NFL, my hat goes off to you.
1: So I don't, I'm not sure if you remember the play, but their left guard Andrew Wiley is out. Uh, Mahomes, I think, fell on his leg, but so he's out. So left guard, gee, you think that's important to Patrick Mahomes?
0: Yeah, especially when Mahomes is uh, his ankle still isn't one hundred percent. He's going to play. But his ankle still hurts
1: he even and said so you, in an interview the other day All you fantasy guys out there Carlos Hyde should have a good day Against that KC defense Which is lackluster at best Now the Chiefs have the Broncos On deck, sorry I said the Bears are playing On Thursday, no it's the Chiefs and the Broncos Are playing on Thursday Now consider the fact that they played A pretty good Colts team last week And what do you get Maddie? It's an almost wise guys Sandwich, sandwich. game this line, The look-ahead line on this had KC at minus eight. Now it's ticked down three points, which pretty much is what you would give KC as a home field advantage. Under a touchdown, it's so tempting to take the Chiefs, but I just like this spot for Houston. Um, yeah, go, go Texans.
0: Well, the Texans uh, haven't allowed a 100-yard rusher in 21 consecutive games. That's the third-longest active streak in the NFL. So they got a good run defense. If they can keep Mahomes in check just a little bit, Deshaun Watson should get his because the Chiefs secondary is garbage. And they mm-hmm. also have a couple key injuries, right? They're two D tackles. Xavier Williams is on IR. And yep. Chris Jones is listed as doubtful. Also, Sammy Watkins, wide receiver is questionable. Well, he hasn't practiced this week. No, he hasn't. So, and the other reason I like this, this is a five point spread. And all ten of Deshaun Watson's career losses have come in one possession games. I like. Really? I oh, like, I
1: did know. I did know that. I did not know that. Yeah, I like I Houston
0: here. I'll, I'll take the Texans. <laughs> On the South Beach, where uh, well, we've got a battle of the losers. This is. Uh, Who's going to tank more for Tua? (laughs) The Miami Dolphins uh, are hosting the Washington... The Miami Dolphins are hosting the professional football team from Washington. Miami, three and a half point home dogs. And, well, we like our home dogs, don't we, Andy?
1: Are you really going to make me talk about this game?
0: Well, I was thinking we wouldn't spend a whole lot of time on it because I didn't make a ton of notes on this game either. I mean, let's not dwell on it it's not something well, i'm going to be okay. watching so and it's
1: not something i'm going to put my money on but washington has case keenum now back under center so if i'm my math is correct i think this is the fourth quarterback change in four games yeah
0: you're not going to you're not going to get ahead with that kind of inconsistency
1: yeah it's called continuity yeah uh, so now they've hired callahan or rather promoted him from our offensive line coach to be the head coach for washington miami i just these teams are just so bad. Yeah, Mo, well, that team sure did suck last night. They just plain sucked. I've seen teams suck before, but they were the suckiest bunch of sucks that ever sucked. Like, how is Washington three-and-a-half-point favorites on the road, and they don't even have a win yet?
0: Yeah.
1: Jesus, did they have they scored a touchdown since that first quarter against the Eagles in week one?
0: Oh, dude, it's, it's been brutal. And I'm, you know what? Not just on the offensive side of the ball. Their defense has really stunk it up as well. Like... You know, Josh Rosen in Miami, he still wants to prove Arizona, you know, wrong for getting mm-hmm. rid of him and taking yeah. Tyler Murray, right?
1: Yeah. And I for mean, sure. he hasn't
0: really had the team to do it, but playing against Washington and showing, hey, man, you know, I'm not going to take this laying down, you know, they, they still got, I mean, it's like you said, man, this is this game sucks. Both these teams are
1: awful. The only thing you have to question is will the players in Washington step up to win one for their new coach? And I think the morale is so crappy in that whole city that the answer is no. And mm-hmm. I'm going to take three and a half points, put in my back pocket for the home team dog here in Miami.
0: Yeah, I'm with you, buddy. I'm taking the home dog as well. I, I, but I'm not going to overthink it either.
2: Gold Vikings, let's win this game. Gold Vikings, honor your name. Go get that first down Then get a touchdown. Rock up, suck up, fight,
0: fight, fight, fight. Next game on the docket features the Minnesota Vikings at home against the visiting Philadelphia Eagles. Minnesota three-point favorites. And uh, I'm starting to think I like Philadelphia on this game because Kirk Cousins, he plays really good against crappy teams and he plays mm-hmm. really bad against good teams. And Philadelphia's yes, that, a pretty good team.
1: That formula works. That formula works. Look at last week, you know, 28-10 to 10 in, in New York against the Giants.
0: Yep. Eagles are also seven and three uh, against the spread and straight up in their last ten versus the Vikings. Well, you know what?
1: Also, the Eagles are their defense number one in the league in rushing yards allowed per game at sixty three. Yep. Well, they've got the Minnesota winning. They're doing it with Dalvin Cook. Yep. Because Zimmer's not giving Cousins a chance to throw the ball. Like I think the guy averages like eleven passes or passing attempts per game. Yeah, so he doesn't trust the quarterback, and if you shut down Dalvin Cook, what are you left with? Not a lot.
0: And the Eagles have allowed fewer than 100 rush yards in eight consecutive games. That's the longest active streak in the NFL. Yeah, that you doesn't know?
1: surprise me either.
0: It's definitely going to be rush defense versus rush offense because you know Cook he does have 100 plus rush yards in four of the last five games. That's the most in the NFL. Um, I, this one's a toughie. Philly coming uh, coming to Minnesota, but. I think I like Philly here.
1: Yeah, I like the Eagles
0: too. know I Way down in the American Southwest. Uh, the Arizona Cardinals take on the Atlanta Falcons. Arizona two and a half point underdogs at home. And uh, this is another game I'm not really interested in, man. It's not Atlanta's not playing well enough for me to actually care. And Arizona, you know, they've been in a couple games this year, but they definitely aren't, you know, wowing anybody.
1: Well, I can say it's it's, it's fortunate that we don't have to watch these games alphabetically. Yeah. I, probably, I probably turned the TV off before anything even started. Yeah, Atlanta is. Here's the thing: when you see lines like this, you have to imagine that Joe Public, who's probably influencing the line, this line more so than the Sharps are at this stage in the week, if they're picturing an Atlanta team that was in the Super Bowl a couple of years ago. And they're picturing yeah. an Arizona team that has just eternally sucked.
0: Well, they have allowed 104 points in their last three games. Arizona. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, but they've had tough opponents, and they haven't had the, uh, the softest schedule No, um, with travel.
0: They are 3-2 and two against the spread. The Falcons now, who, are only one in four against the spread this year.
1: Well, Falcons, I I'm sorry, Dan Quinn's the next to go. He can he can join Jay Gruden. Yeah, I don't know, on a yacht somewhere touring around. But here's a here's here's a fascinating stat there. The Kurds have actually beaten Atlanta outright in seven of their last eight visits to the desert. Wow. But I think uh public perception is 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 playing into this line too much. And, you know, if Arizona can travel cross country, go into Cincy, beat them, um, I'm sure they can take care of business at home against Atlanta as two point two and a half point underdogs.
0: Yeah, I'm with you, buddy. I'm actually I'm I'm a fan of Arizona on the money line here. Atlanta doesn't even play good at home. How are they going to play good when they got to go all the way across the country? Uh, They're not. They're not doing it on D. They're not doing it on O. I just no. I can't see them. Other than Julio Jones, who has a little breakaway every now and then, he's kind of getting his. Everyone else on that team is a, is a huge disappointment. Yeah, but Julio Hul- what-
1: Hul- Hul- Jones has not even practice this week, so Lord no, knows what he's going to do. Yeah. And Devontae Freeman, I don't think he scored a touchdown yet this year.
0: Uh, I think he got his first one last week. Did he? Okay. Yeah, but and that was a drought that lasted from the end of 2017.
1: Yeah, this Atlanta team's horrible.
0: Yeah, I'm 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 going with Zona. Mile-high city where the Denver Broncos coming off a much-needed win. Uh, they get to play at home, and everybody knows Mile-high are pretty friendly confines. They're two-and-a-half-point favorites against the Tennessee Titans, and uh, Tennessee, they're good. They're not like a, an upper-echelon team by any means, but they're definitely capable of, of you know, ruining a, a, a mediocre team's day. They're sneaky. They, yeah. Sneaky. Sneaky is a good term for that.
1: Uh, let's just go to the Broncos side here. Who was it last week that said that that, that would be Vic Tangio's coming out party?
0: That was you. You called it.
2: Winner, winner, chicken dinner.
0: You definitely deserve your uh, props there, Mr. Prognosticator.
1: Yeah, they, they dialed up a pretty good win in San Diego against the division foe. I'm not sure if that says more about Denver or less about San Diego. I haven't, or San Diego. I'm still yeah. calling them that. Jesus. Yeah. The Los Diego it's, Chargers. The Los Diego. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I yeah, I'm not sure. Like Denver, Philip Lindsay had 119 yards rushing, I believe, last week. And their defense played well. I guess who's also got a good defense? It's Tennessee. Yep. Right? Yep. Um, the Broncos are actually twenty second in the league in rushing yards allowed per game at 126. So you think Derrick Henry might go off? I because I do. You should have a pretty good day. Yep. You might want to activate him in your uh, in your your daily lineup.
0: Well, they're going to um, need him. They're definitely going to need him because the uh, Marcus Mariota has ten starts with fewer than two hundred pass yards since twenty eighteen. Only Josh Rosen has more than that uh, over really? that span. You know, so he doesn't pass for that many yards. Tennessee does it with defense, and they got to do it with the rushing. That's and they don't
1: turn the ball over.
0: No. Nope. Now, they are allowing their fewest uh, points per game, 15.2, uh, and since 2008.
1: Do you think that Mariota is going to see Von Miller coming down his throat? Training with your uh, trainer
2: on your own and on Instagram is not, you know, the same as Von Miller coming down your throat.
1: Well, I
0: don't know because the Broncos' defense right now has uh, zero sacks in four of the five games that they played
1: this season. Zero sacks and zero fumbles caused
0: yeah they're not they're not getting the turnovers. I and you know, Joe Flacco had an all right game last week, but
1: oh, you, you can't know. count on him having two weeks in a row like that. Is it time for me to quit calling Flacco
2: Fluco? I think I'll wait one more game.
1: No, he's so
0: inconsistent. He's also gonna... a guy that can, you know, one game just throw for a hundred and forty four yards or something stupid like that. Yeah. I mean, Tennessee's defense. Denver, I give him a little bit of a bump for playing at Mile High. But I, I really like the visitors on this one. I do, too. Let's go Titans.
2: Without well, I'm taking a great on the Hudson River
0: line. I'm in a New York state of mind. Well, Sunday afternoon, we get the return of Sam Darnold as the New York Jets are seven point underdogs at home against the
1: visiting Dallas Cowboys.
0: Dallas' the last three games haven't really looked like the Dallas that started the season, eh?
1: No, no, they've had two two games in a row where they've just not looked like the first three games. Yep. Um, but yes, the Kissing Bandit is back in the lineup for the New York Jets under center.
2: You know, I thought I had mono once for an entire year. Turned out I was just
1: really bored. Which it's it was weird because. Luke Falk last week. They didn't know if Darnold was going to be back. Luke Falk got so few reps in practice. I don't even think he practiced until the Friday of last week. I don't know if that's Adam Gase just having a mentally having a mental breakdown, really. But that's Jesus. Some coaches get fired for doing that. I mean, they had a whole they had a bye week to prepare and still crap the bed. Yep. And so Dallas jeez, they got embarrassed by the Packers' defense. Holy crap. Yeah,
0: you got to think of this as a bounce-back spot for Dallas, right? I mean, uh, they they think of themselves as a contender. Also, Zeke's a road warrior. Uh, Ezekiel Elvi- Elliott averages 140.2 uh, scrimmage yards per game in his last five road games. So he, he the road doesn't bother Zeke too much.
1: No, and I don't think we can... I don't think we can stress the point of how badly the Jets suck this year. You suck, you jackass.
0: No, we can't stress that enough. They're 1-3 and against the
1: spread. Dallas is a winning record against the spread at 3-2. and So the Jets' offense has scored two touchdowns this season. Yep. Okay, and one was in garbage time where they were trailing by over 30 points.
0: Their special teams in defense have scored four.
1: Yeah, and last week against the Eagles, they allowed 10 sacks. Yeah, ten. Yeah, it's, that's, now,
0: that's ridiculous.
1: I'll tell, you wh- I'll tell you where their season hit uh, the turning point. It was in week one against the Bills where they were up 16 points and then C.J. Mosley, their linebacker, gets injured.
0: Yeah, and he's doubtful for this week.
1: He is doubtful. And I would keep an eye on that more so than any other thing in this game. I would keep an eye on C.J. Mosley. And if he's not in the game, you want to bet your last dollar that you want to put your money on the Cowboys. Um, I don't care that Jason Garrett's out of the confines of big D here. I'm looking I'm looking for Dallas to have a big comeback game, big comeback game.
0: Well, here are my two favorite stats that support a, a, a laying some money on the Cowboys this week. Amari Cooper himself is out receiving the entire Jets team. Cooper has 32 receptions for 512 yards, five touchdowns, 21 first downs. Jets have 46 receptions. 411 yards, zero touchdowns, 17 first downs. <laughs> so right there, you've got one guy that's out receiving the Jets' entire squad. Plus, Zach Jack Prescott, yeah, he's had a rough couple weeks, but that was weeks four and five where his opponent's record combined was eight and two. Right? He had two touchdowns, four interceptions, yeah, yeah. 79.2 passer rating. But weeks one and three, when he played bad teams, uh, they were a two and 12 combined record he threw nine touchdowns with two picks and 128 passer rating and the jets are a bad team I, I this is a huge bounce back spot for the cowboys and i would take this anything under 10 points
1: i i would as well i don't disagree
0: how about them
2: cowboys to live yeah! l.a california what you say about los angeles
0: Sunny Southern yeah. California, like it's where the awesome Los cool. Angeles Rams play host to the undefeated San Francisco 49ers. These are your boys, Andy. And the How do you Rams like them apples?
1: Do you like apples? Well, I got a number. How do you <laughs> um. like them apples?
0: Rams, three and a half point favorites for this game. Do they deserve to be the favorites at home by more than a field goal?
1: Well, let's talk about that.
0: Let's talk about that. We
1: shall discuss. I said before going into the Monday night game last week, I said, I'm not really sold on the 49ers because they really haven't been anyone particularly good. Well, they put a spanking on Cleveland. And if you look at this season's records, they are fifth against the run, allowing a stingy 81.8 yards per game on the ground by opposing offenses. Now, if New England is at the top of this category, but if you remove New England in... They are tops in average scoring margin and passing yards allowed per game and defensive yards allowed per game. Okay. And they right now have exactly 200.0 yards per game on the ground. Second in that category is Baltimore with 192. And the third is 166 with Minnesota and Dalvin cook. So they're actually 15% more yards per game than the third best team in the league. now, Jimmy G's worst nightmare it will be coming true on Sunday afternoon, and that's a guy named Jadavian Clowney. Yeah. And I'm not sure. I'm not sure how that offensive line is going to handle it. Um, so on the other side of the ball, you've got LA with Brandon Cooks being questionable. Jerley um, hasn't practiced this week. Uh, you know, the Rams should have won that game against Seattle on, on Thursday, right? Yeah. Um, coming, coming down to a last second field goal by Greg Zerline, and he missed. Mm-hmm. That was unfortunate. That ch- that really changed the complexion of the NFC West in terms of in um, t- terms of the seating. San Francisco wins this one, and they go to five and zero. You know they're going to have a couple games in hand just on their their own division rivals. You bet. So this 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 is huge. But it's also huge for the Rams, who absolutely need a win to keep keep pace. To answer your original question, are they worth more than a field goal? Uh, I'm going to say no. I'm going to say no. I mean, in a in a tight tight division game like this, field goal is usually the decider. And- well,
0: well, San Francisco's got got a few things going for it. First of all, since Week 12 of 2018, the only players with a lower passer rating than Jared Goff are Josh Allen and Josh Rosen. Uh, really? Yeah. Also you know we talk a lot defensively Khalil Mack and Aaron Donald get a lot of the pub but mm-hmm. if we look at next gen stats rookie Nick Bosa has pressured the quarterback on 23.5% oh, of pass was, rushes was this that season. guy
1: a beast
0: Yeah. Some, oh he's got he he's got what Mack and Donald have which is that motor that constantly goes you can knock him down he's going to get up and still make a run at the quarterback he is did you, see him, it's did relentless. you see him plant
1: a flag at the end of the game
0: yeah well it, Baker was asking for it. Baker was
1: asking for it. So
0: I I loved him at the end of the game uh, when he was like,
1: Baker,
0: Baker, when he was uh, taunting him. That was pretty sweet. (laughs) Baker, (laughs) Baker, you good? Um, George Kittle also is uh, what San Francisco has going for them, and he should have a big game because the Rams have allowed a top-nine fantasy tight end in three straight weeks. The the Rams' defense is garbage right now, and the Niners – they're playing tight I, I and so are the rams worth a field goal right now against the niners team that is yet to be beat i think not i'm taking the niners on the road Sunday night primetime matchup features the L.A. Chargers at home against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, the Chargers are six-and-a-half-point favorites at home against uh, but Pittsburgh, but, man, I the Chargers are not very good at home at all.
1: They are not good at home. Uh, they're not good on the road. They do cover every now and then.
0: Well, how about this, though? Since moving to L.A. in 2017, the Chargers have had trouble covering the spread. Uh, During that span, they've played 19 games and gone just 6-12-1. Wow. And that is a pretty big spread, I think, for a team that hasn't proved that it can even score points or keep teams off the board. And Pittsburgh's been right in there in every game they've played this year, even the losses.
1: Well, even... They
0: turned the ball over five times against your Niners, and you guys just squeaked out a victory. That wasn't a that wasn't a seven-point win. Well, they they're not a, a bad
1: They Actually, for a record of one and four, they're not a bad team. I mean, they got beat by New England, but who doesn't? They lost by two to Seattle, and that was a game that um, that Rudolph got his first start. Yep. They lost in San Francisco, the undefeated 49ers, only by four points. And then they beat the Bengals by 24. And they took a pretty good Baltimore team to overtime last week. Yep. However, they've got Devlin Hodges starting under center this week. Devlin Hodges, a product of that now, is quarterback that a- factory, otherwise known as the Samford Bulldogs, where, by the way, he threw for just under 15,000 yards. But he looked pretty good after Rudolph went down, I thought.
0: Uh, so is he for sure uh, yeah. out? Rudolph's yeah. out this
1: game? Oh, God. Because he- it said he practiced uh, on uh, Wednesday. Dude, we were texting at that point in the game. That guy looked damn near dead. Yeah, he I, did. That was that, that was a big shot. That was scary, man. I mean, you, you texted me after about him having to walk off because the cart wasn't working. Yeah. I turned the game off by that point because I couldn't watch it. Yeah. I just couldn't. It was, yeah, I mean, I've, I've been in similar situations, but not not with a guy like Earl Thomas. No. Um, that was scary. I'm, I'm, I'm happy he's all right, but there's no way on God's green earth is that guy going to be putting a helmet on anytime soon. No, and what's ironic about it is that when before Roethlisberger went down in Week Two, and Nick Foles went down in Week One, they traded their third stringer Dobbs to Jacksonville for a first round pick. So if you go back to the preseason, Hodges is actually their fourth string quarterback. Yeah, right. And now you're traveling. You got a team that's traveling from east to west, which I think makes a much it, the the differences are much more pronounced uh, than the opposite. If this game stays under a a touchdown at six and a half, I am liking the Chargers here. I am liking the Chargers.
0: Yeah, I'm gonna have to go. Well, you know, no, I'm gonna have to go against you here, buddy. I can't. I can't take the Chargers. They're they're horrible on their home field. Um, However, I don't know. Steelers have been really bad in the West Coast since Tomlin took over as uh, as coach in 2007. And their defensive
1: their defensive line is. Injured, banged up, on the sidelines. Yeah, under under
0: what, Tomlin, they're one and six straight up on the West Coast. Two can and you five against what the Bosa,
1: spread. Can you picture what Bosa and Ingram are going to do to a rookie quarterback making his first start?
0: Yeah, you know what, man? I think you might have changed my tune. I'll take the Chargers on Sunday night, but I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> For Monday night, we go to Lambeau Field in prime time as the Packers are laying four points against division rival Detroit Lions, and Detroit's for real this year. Green Bay has to take this game very seriously.
1: They do. However, well not however, it's a funny thing because so Detroit had a bye week last week, right? They didn't play. The look ahead line on this was about a touchdown. So without Detroit even playing this line has come down three points. while well, Green Bay did nothing but tick the crap out of Dallas in the row. Yep. So it's a weird line moving. And I'm, I, I, I think that has been driven by sharp money because you can bet come Monday night the whole public and their uncle will be on the Green Bay Packers, Yep. right? That's just what happens. Now, the Lions, in their last 25 games in Green Bay, they've won three of them. Right. Yeah.
0: Well, actually, in their, five, in their last five night games played at home, too, the Packers have gone 0-5 against the spread in just two and just 2-3 and straight up. And by the way, right. that total includes a loss to the Lions in
1: 2017. And I think that the Lions have covered four last five against Green Bay, either in Detroit or Green Bay. I and- bet against Aaron Rodgers too often. To get only to get burned in the end, ah, you know, it's a divisional game, it's you know, it's less than a touchdown. But goddamn, their defense really impressed me in Dallas.
0: Yeah, Green Bay's defense is definitely worth discussing because they are playing lights out this year, and nobody really expected that from them.
1: I'm just I'm, I'm trying to picture LaFleur versus Patricia on yeah. the sidelines. Well, the Lions got-
0: since uh, 2010 are seven and two, both straight up and against the spread when coming off a bye. Um, but they're also, um, I don't know. I'm, I'm touring with you as well because you know, Aaron Rodgers in October is 15 and 2 straight up and 11 and 6 against the spread, so I'm having a really hard time going against the Packers here.
1: Well, also- Devo- Let, let's ask this question Is Devontae Adams in the lineup with the turf toe? Yeah, kind of, kind of questionable, like he is. correct? He is listed as questionable. Yeah. Just give me a quick second here. Um I, I, I got to expect that he's going to be playing though, because he was pretty he was pretty much a coin flip before last game, so I mean he's not going to be 100 um, percent. but you know, they still got the job done without him. you got you know, they got Aaron Jones. you got the two Aarons. Yeah, I, I'm not going to bet against the Aarons. I'm, I'm going to take Green Bay, and, and four points probably is not too, not a tall rudder for them to cover.
0: Well, I'm going to pay for this. I know I am going to pay for this, but I feel like Detroit can get it done on the road here. And uh, uh, you just just did you just say that?
1: Repeat yeah, that again. Repeat that again.
0: I think Detroit can get it done on the road here. Like I okay. said, All right. uh, In the past five night games played at home, the Packers are zero and five against the spread. And with the Lions 7-2 and two against the spread coming off a bye, the way they're playing this year on both sides of the ball, uh, I'm not saying Green Bay is not going to win it, but I think I'm going Detroit to cover.
2: Listen, pal, maybe you haven't heard. I'm the guy in all Detroit. Please hang up and try again.
0: And now it's time for Andy's Total Prop Tease. And this is a segment where Andy makes a recommendation on a point total, a prop bet, finally a teaser. And we invite you to do the same thing along with us on our Facebook fan page. A successful Total Prop Tease is any combo that hits two of the three. So take out your swami hat, brother. Give us your week six thoughts.
1: Well, uh, in the first game, we're going to go to Mile High Stadium where we've got a total of 40 and a half, fairly low total. Eight of the last nine games in Denver have gone under, and four of the last five Titan games have gone under. And I don't see these guys scoring a whole heck of a lot of points here. So even with a low total, I'm looking for this game to go under 40 and a half. Our proposition bet, we will look to the Dallas game, where they totally outmatched the New York Jets. And we're going to have the Dallas Cowboys winning at both halftime and at the end of regulation. And that pays a very juicy plus 150. Our teaser, we already picked them to win outright. I'm taking Arizona from two and a half up to eight and a half, going through two key numbers of three and seven, doing the same thing in Tennessee, taking them from two to a plus eight. And with a low of total, like a 40 and a half, that should be hard to get that sort of separation. So to recap: Denver, Tennessee to go under 40 and a half, Dallas to win both halves at plus 150. Let's tease Arizona and Tennessee.
0: Thank you for listening to Almost Wise Guys. If you like what you heard, make sure you hit the subscribe button on iTunes or SoundCloud so you don't miss a show. You can also hit us up on our Facebook fan page for additional content and all picks from our Week 6 games across the NFL. From the Cosa Nostra Studios, for Andy the Prognosticator Attridge, back at Almost Wise Guys Central, here's a little ginger baker for you. I'm Matty Buller. Get out and pick yourself a winner.
1: If you liked our podcast, please share it with a friend. If you hated it, please share it with two enemies. Tune in next week at the same bet time on the same bet channel. Sayonara. Good
2: night, everyone. I love you guys. I went down to
0: could be